this year, man, this word kingdom and uh, just about the concept of what this is and what it's, what it's potential to do within us is wrecking me. It's, it's wrecking me. I'm telling you, I don't know if you can see it, I'm like shaking. Um, I'm just going to start because um, Hebrews 11.6 Hebrews 11.6. I want to read a few different translations. I don't know what we got up there, but one of them is going to be right. Now without faith, it is impossible to please God. Since the one who draws near to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. A couple of things that I just want to point out in this passage. We know that it's impossible to please God without faith. But in this part, I think we kind of skim over. Since the one, since the one, which could mean any single one, which could mean you, wherever you find yourself in life, whatever you're up to, whatever things you're struggling with, whatever questions you may ask, it's talking to you. Since the, since the one who draws near to him, must believe that he exists and that he's a rewarder of those who seek him. He is a rewarder of those who seek him. I'm gonna read the same passage in a couple different translations just to kind of get us to start thinking about this, this massive idea that's in the Bible, that's, that's part of the kingdom. As soon as they take away that buzz, because Jesus don't like that. There it goes. See, as soon as you say Jesus, everything lines up. I'm in the Amplified. But without faith, it is impossible to walk with God and please him. For whoever comes near to God must necessarily believe that God exists and that he rewards those who earnestly and diligently seek him. Now, we read it two more times in two more other translations just to kind of continue this thought. And without faith living within us, it would be impossible to please God. For we come to God in faith knowing that he is real and that he rewards the faith of those who give all their passion and strength into seeking him. One more translation. It's impossible to please God apart from faith. Why? Because anyone, again, get this, anyone, no matter what kind of lies you've been believing, you are not excluded from anyone who approaches God must believe both that he exists and that he cares enough to respond to those who seek him. In our culture, we have developed a seeker-sensitive church and failed to seek God. If you are becoming really transparent with yourself right now, you will be confronted with the fact that you lack in seeking God. 
Who would be bold enough to say, I can admit? We have all day. The Bible talks about keys to the kingdom, keys to accessing God. And what I want to do this morning, if I get through this, I'm just going to read a few stories because the kingdom of God, it's not something that you can just define and tweet and say, I got it. Here's what it is. That's good enough for me as an experience. Because in our culture right now, if you tweet it, if you like it, if you share it, it's as if you've experienced it. And this has translated into the church. Since I'm here, since I heard the word, that means that I've experienced. No, you have not. Because I promise you, if you experience the living word in your life, your life will dramatically change. And not just having Jesus as an add-on to your life. Your life allegiance, your goals, your sight, your vision, everything that you do in your life, everything that you touch is going to be shifted and changed because you're going to have a perspective now that the king is with you. And I'm afraid and I'm saddened that people have heard the word, but have not allowed the word to become alive in them. I believe, I believe, and actually now there's just this, and I understand the heart behind this phrase, and a lot of churches are, are talking about this, a lot of Christians, this concept of, oh, you can belong before you can believe. Just come in. And just hang out with us because we're convinced that if you see how good we are, <laughs> you will become a believer. <laughs> People belong because they believe. People believe because God showed up in their life. It's not just theological knowledge. It's not just knowing. It's about God showing up and invading their life. And if you've ever said yes to Jesus, you know that Jesus changed everything when he showed up in your life. He changed everything. All of a sudden, you have more love. All of a sudden, your, your dreams and your passions have had a little shift. All of a sudden, you're, you're, you know, all you talk about is Jesus. All you talk about is the kingdom of God. All you talk about is reading the Bible and praying. All you talk about is, is believing. All you talk about is all this world that's lost, that's blind, that, that they've been darkened by the ruler of this world. And you're like, how do we need to, we need to preach the gospel to, to all these lost people? And then what happens through time that fades away? And we believe with our mouths, but our hearts and our lives revert back to how it used to be. Hebrews 6, 11 through 12. Now we desire each of you to demonstrate the same diligence for the full assurance of your hope until the end. The thing that we have lost is diligence. 
when the fire is good, when the songs are upbeat, when we feel the goosebumps, we are good to go. It's like saying, it's like what Jesus was saying, it is easy to love those that love you. But I'm calling you to love those that hate you. And for you to love someone that hates you is going to require you to be diligent and to step, it, to step into something that's abnormal to your natural life. Verse 12, so that you won't become lazy, but will be imitators of those who inherit the promises through faith and this word that I want to focus on and perseverance. Through faith, faith and perseverance. Luke 16, 16 says this, the law of Moses and revelation of the prophets have prepared you for the arrival of the kingdom realm announced by John the baptizer. And now when this wonderful news of God's kingdom realm is preached, people's hearts burn with extreme passion to press in. And the promise, it is so in your face to press in and. Not just to press in, period, and hope for the best. Maybe God will show up. Maybe things will line up. I wish. What if you press in expecting to receive? What if you press in expecting to hear from God? What if you say, God, I believe your word and that you will reward me when I press in? I really think we become lazy. Please come to church. The music is great. The kids' ministries are awesome. The messages are out of this world fantastic. What's so funny? The building is legitimately, whatever, whatever a reason, we have become lazy and just kind of like, well, if God wants to show up, if God wants to answer my prayer, well, if God wants to do this, it's in God's grace. I'm his. He knows what I want. I'm not going to worry about anything. It's true. Don't worry about anything, but you've replaced worrying about things towards complaining about things. If you replaced worry and belief, then it would be a different story. But we replaced worry with being lazy and just whining about how God doesn't show up in our life. And, man, I had a whole other message. And last night, God was like, no, you have to, this, we have to receive this because this is an illustration of what happens in the kingdom of God. This is what happens in the kingdom of God. So, I'm going to read through a few stories that I found some amazing patterns that I want to share with you guys. And I believe that if you grab a hold of what God is going to tell you today, I'm telling you, you just cannot even put in a box what God wants to do in your life. 
You just cannot be, you won't be able to contain God's reward in your life. So start with the first story, Mark chapter two. I'm gonna take this off, and this is all that I'm gonna take off, so you guys can still stay here. Man, you got, you got, I'm offended, like, I mean, if The Rock was here, no one would be laughing. And I'm presenting a different type of rock. Oh, y'all are so fleshly, so worldly. Dear God. Okay. Oh, Jesus, get me through this. Okay. I'm just going to stay here because this is good. Mark chapter 2. When he, Jesus, entered Capernaum again, again after some days, it was reported that he was at home. So many people gathered together that there was no more room. Not even in the doorway. And he was speaking the word to them. They came to him, bringing a paralytic carried by four of them. Since they were not able to bring him to Jesus, because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him, destroying the house that Jesus is renting or purchased. And after digging through it, they lowered the mat on which the paralytic was lying. Seeing their faith, Jesus told the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven. First thing that happened. Jesus showed up and the word began to spread. When Jesus shows up, the word begins to spread. Like a lot of times we have messed this thing up so bad that we are forcing ourselves to go out of our way, become really uncomfortable to quote unquote evangelize to Jesus. And people look at our life and they say, I don't really want what you have. And so after being rejected over and over and over again, we create gimmicks of advertising and sharing our gospel as a, I've done my thing, you know, the pastor told me I gotta share with somebody with Jesus today. Okay, God, please lead me to somebody. And God's like, I'm leading you to everybody that's lost. But if we look at it as our duty, then we're gonna be fighting against it versus doing this, saying, Jesus, show up in my life become real in my life because I promise you that if Jesus becomes real in your life you won't be able to hold people back from you you have to understand that you won't be able to hold because why Jesus is there something has happened whenever they pray miracles happen whenever they speak the word there's prophetic words to my future whenever I'm with them I feel at peace whenever this this is happening and people like to talk People love to talk. And if something is real, and if something is good, we talk by default. If a movie is good, you're not waiting for them to pay you to advertise the movie. 
If the restaurant is good, you're not waiting for the restaurant owners to come and sign a deal with you and say, hey, can you tell people? You're like, dude, you don't have to ask me. I'm just going to tell people. Because I ate it and it was wow. I went there and it was amazing. I saw it and I want to see it again. This is real. Like this is what happens in real life. We we and then we take Christianity and Christianity is like that weird Uncle Sam that we bring with us to our parties and leave him in the corner. And if your name is Sam and if you're an uncle, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. But they heard. And then, when they heard, that's the first thing that happened. Second thing that happened is that they began to look, seek after. Jesus is there. Okay, where is he? What's going on? Because Jesus was a walking kingdom in the midst of the earthly kingdom. So one of the word of the king and the kingdom, be, you know, went out that Jesus is here. People are like, where is he? Where is he? They began to seek. They began to adjust their plans. Why? Because that's what Jesus did, and that's what Jesus still does today. People begin to shift, adjust, cre create, and carve time out to search for him, to seek after him. And here's the next thing. that As they found out, oh, Jesus is at the house. All right, let's go. We have a need. They take their need, and they're walking with their need to Jesus. And then what happens? Oh, this place is full. Which is what you and I bump into. This thing called, well, if you're spiritual, you call it the devil. But if you're normal, you call it obstacles that the devil sends your way. In this instance, the obstacle was, one, that the house was too small. Two, there's way too many people. What are we going to do when we hit this obstacle? And many of us, we are lazy, so we turn around and say, well, maybe Friday, or maybe Monday, or maybe Wednesday, maybe, I don't know. We become lazy, but what these people did, these friends, they said, that's not good enough for me. We must find a way. Why? Because Jesus is there. And what they had to do was ridiculous sounding. You're not going to get this taught in some college to get to Jesus when there's a lot of people. Go up on the roof and peel back the roof. No, because desperation created a, a, a mindset that said that I need to get to Jesus no matter what I have to do. I must get to Jesus. And that created the, the, the fifth thing, one, two, three, four, five, is that they pressed in. To finally press through to see Jesus. They persevered. They weren't lazy. They realized that Jesus is their answer. And they have to seek him. They have to go to him. They will face some obstacles. But they have to press through and press in. Because Jesus is the answer. And the result was that Jesus gave them much more than they asked for. He not only healed the paralytic, but he also said, he did the physical, but he also said, 
your sins are forgiven. A lot of times we go God with the physical and that desperation brings us to Jesus so that Jesus can address the deeper problem, the deeper need, the deeper lack of what we're really looking for. Mark chapter 5, verse 23. So Jesus went with them in a large crowd. Again, a large crowd was following and pressing against them. Now a woman suffering from bleeding for 12 years had endured much under many doctors. She had spent everything that she had and was, and was not helped at all. On the contrary, she became worse. Having heard about Jesus, again, having heard about Jesus, Having heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his clothes. Now, if you kind of dissect of what's going on and the density, because we think, of, oh, she just kind of like walked in the midst of the crowd because the angels were parting the crowd's way, and she just, oh, touch. No, if you really look at the whole thing, is she, she did not just touch his garment. She touched like the hem of the lowest part of his cloth. So she had to get on all four, pressing through her obstacle. Her obstacle is people right now. And in the previous story, this paralytic had four friends. It's great when you have friends who can take you where Jesus is. But she was alone. She didn't have any friends. Because everybody probably gave up on her. For 12 years, they lost their patience and perseverance. They wrote her off. And Jesus doesn't write anybody off. And so she heard, she sought after, she had obstacles, and then she pressed through and pressed Mark 10. Oh, and Jesus, what he did, he also gave her more than she asked for. She's a daughter. He said to her, your faith has saved you. Go in peace and be healed. Like, she only wanted to be healed, but he gave her peace. And he commented that her faith was what saved her. Mark 10. They came to Jericho. This is verse 46 through 52. And as he was leaving Jericho with his disciples, a large crowd, these darn people, are always in the way of receiving from God. Some of you got, you got friends. Mm. You need to ditch them right now. Text them and say, it's not you, it's me. Actually, it's not me, it's you. <laughs> and people are funny. Just listen to this. And, the, and his disciples in a large crowd, Bartimaeus, the son of uh, Timaeus, a blind beggar was sitting by the road when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth. He heard 
It was Jesus of Nazareth. Then he began to cry out. He began to pursue, to seek. Son of David, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And then many warned him to keep, keep quiet. But he was crying out the more. So you had these people in the first two stories, they were just there. They were like an obstacle that you just had to figure out how to maneuver around them, how to get past them to get to Jesus. This one, the crowd turns on this beggar and scoffles, scolds, and tells the beggar to shut up. And the beggar probably could not distinguish. Was it Jesus' people telling him to be quiet? Or the worldly people? Or the Pharisees? He was just told not to press in. He cried out. (laughs) This is beautiful. And Jesus is like, hey, bring him here. And the same people. The master's calling you. Come. Here, Jesus, look. And Jesus answered him, what do you want me to do? So Jesus heals them, says, your faith has saved you. And immediately he began to follow Jesus. He could see and follow Jesus. Got one more, and this one was kind of leading up to this thing because this is something that as I was reading this, it's like dawned on me of maybe the obstacle that you, that you and I have and that's, that Jesus wants for us to break through today. Like this is something that, that if you get this, man, if you get this, Matthew chapter 15, verse 21, when Jesus left there, he withdrew to the area of Tyre and Sidon. Just then a Canaanite woman from that region came and kept crying out. Have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely tormented by a demon. Jesus did not say a word to her. His disciples approached him and urged him. Now, this is where I saw things differently. Look what they urged him. They said, send her away because she's crying after us. Now, when I read this passage before, I kind of just saw that the disciples and Jesus were kind of like hanging out and she's crying to Jesus and the disciples were just there and that they just got annoyed because she was crying out to the group. But here's, I believe what probably more realistically happened as your scholar for this morning. Don't quote me on this. (laughs) But I think because she was not a Jewish person and she was a woman, she dared not approach a rabbi, a male Jew. 
directly like that. So she just cried out to his disciples. She was trying to get to Jesus through his disciples. Because they tell her, they're like, Jesus, are you deaf? This woman will not stop. They're complaining. Verses, they could have said, Jesus, man, this woman is persevering. But can you imagine this woman hearing the disciples say, Jesus, please, can you just, just tell her to... And Jesus replied, and I believe that he replied to his disciples. He said, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. He says that Jesus ignored her. Jesus was ignoring her. And there's a lot more meaning as to why and all the dialogue that's getting ready to happen here that I cannot get into, but because I just want to highlight this one big thing that was like, no way, this is so amazing. And I think that that she heard Jesus telling the disciples about her and her situation. Jesus is like telling his disciples, I was sent only to the lost house of the, uh, the, the lost sheep of the house of Israel. In verse 25, and this is where, but she came and knelt before him. And said, Lord, help me. Lord. Now, what gripped me is that she did, I believe, what we all do and why we don't get a response from heaven. Because we are too lazy to press in, we go to the people that we believe are closest to God so that they can go to God on our behalf. To me, this was like, that's exactly what all y'all do. No, to me, I was reading, I was like, I was like God, that's exactly what I do. I'm drawn to people, I'm drawn to conferences, I'm drawn to things where Jesus is showing up and I just want to get close to people who are closer to Jesus than I am so that I can maybe get something that I don't currently have because I become lazy. Say yes Sergio, I become lazy too. That's good because today that can change. And then this dialogue is quite interesting because this is a, um, it's not what we translated right now, but he says it's not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. And she said, yes, Lord, she said. Yet even the dogs eat the crumbles that fall from their master's table. And then Jesus replied to her, woman, your faith is great. If Jesus came to you and said, son, daughter, your faith is great. 
or if you got thousands of likes on Facebook. Which would you prefer? And then he concluded, let it be done for you as you want. She heard. She sought after him. His apostles were her obstacle. And what is even so much more impressing, because this is not a Jewish person, and Jesus was focused on the Jewish people, but her faith. But what's really interesting, too, is though she was not in the group that Jesus really came to first reveal himself and launch and initiate the kingdom. But she persevered. And press through. And I love it because before God answered her, she bypassed the apostles and knelt before Jesus. We've been trained to believe that I'll worship Jesus when he answers my request. Because then I'm going to feel like worshiping. She persevered past even a godly group of people that were with Jesus because for her, they were the obstacle. And here's what I have to say to you guys and what I had to say to myself before I say to you. Because trust me, it hits this first before it ever hits you. Quit coming to church to get to God. Quit waiting for church to talk to God. Quit looking for people who are close to God so you can get to God through them. The king has come. The kingdom is alive and well and through the spirit of God the kingdom is at hand to each and every one of you and practically what that means is that you go straight to the father you go straight to the son the spirit is within you he will talk with you he will guide you he will do whatever it is you need him to do but it's going to require you to seek after that. It's going to require you to persevere. Maybe you're so busy. Well, you're too busy if you're so busy. Maybe you're pursuing the things of, the, of, of this world. There are camouflage around your success or business or family. Jesus said that you will forsake all to follow Jesus. The key thing is this is that everything in our lives is fighting against our pursuit of Jesus. You try to get close to God, your house is gonna burn down. 
Your car's going to burn down or break down, probably burn down. Something's going to happen in school. Something's going to happen at work. Something's going to happen at your house. Something's going to happen to your body physically. Something's going to happen this. This is going to happen. This is going to happen. The weirdest things all of a sudden creep out. Why? Because they're obstacles for you to press through. And if you pursue and press through, then you got the kingdom that you're saying, I'm going to seek after the kingdom with all that I have, forsaking all. I'm going to press through because I need an audience with the king. But if you've never tasted Jesus for real, you will think that this is just hype and I just like to scream. But if you've tasted Jesus, you will know that everything around you is going to fight against you pursuing that dynamic relationship with him. Because the mindset of a person who's desperate, everything fades away and all you see is, I just need my answer. I just need to get to Jesus. I just need to get there because desperation creeps in and all of a sudden everything's not as important because all you're thinking is, I just Jesus. I just need Jesus because if Jesus cannot do it, no one else can do it. I just need Jesus. I don't care what it takes. I don't care how long I have to wait. I don't care what I miss. I don't care whether I eat or not. I don't care. I don't care. I just need to see Jesus. I need to not just need to see you so you can go to Jesus. I I need to bypass you and go straight to Jesus and say, Jesus, you have to show up right now for me. And we do that when we've tried everything, like the woman with the issue of blood, she tried everything, she spent everything and she's worse and she was like, I've tried it all. She's saying, don't try it all. It will disappoint. I think this is the message of this year is that Jesus has to become so real to you that you will do whatever to remain where he is because in the scripture the kingdom of God was where the king is and so when you heard that Jesus was there you'd be like okay I want to be part of the kingdom so I'm gonna go where Jesus is but now the spirit of Christ is everywhere so we're not limited to a geographical location. This is where I'm at. I've accepted one thing. I don't want to do anything unless Jesus is there. I don't want to preach another message. I don't want to play or sing another song if Jesus does not show up. Like it's that simple. Like I said, I don't know if I said this last week, but I told our teams that, is that if Jesus doesn't show up, we quit. To me, I'm that desperate for Jesus not just to repeat what he did last week or yesterday, but every day is a fresh presence of who he is guiding my decisions, guiding my eyes, guiding my life. And I think this is the desperation that we all need to get to, that we 
put Jesus at the center of our lives where he belongs. And when he becomes the center of our lives, we're going to realize that we're going to shuffle everything through because he's not going to be an addition to your life. Everything, or everything you have your hands on is going to have to revolve around the king. And so now when we read this passage again, now without faith it is impossible to please God since the one who draws near to him must believe that he exists and must believe that he will reward you. He will come through. He will show up. And that is amazing news. You have no clue because when, when, when all you're going on is him showing up and he does, Okay, so as the band comes up, I know that I have to make a decision for my life. I can come up here and it's easy to put on a show, it's easy to speak with passion, but I know deep down inside that if Jesus is not showing up in my life, then I'm a fraud then I'm fake news for whatever fake news is. The gospel of Jesus Christ is not fake news. The gospel of the kingdom of God is not fake, fake news. It's real, it's real, and it's evident in people's lives. But the biggest thing that I wanna share with you guys is that this has to become real in your life, 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 in your life. So, we're going to do a song that we want to sing over you. And I'm not going to sing it, so thank the Lord right away. He's good. No, that's too much. I'm sorry. That was. But I know that God has been stirring some things in your life, in your heart. I just, I just know it. I just I sense it. And what's going to happen today is as, the, as, we, as we do this song, the pastoral care team is going to come out and become available to you. The altar is going to be here available to you. If you want to come and kneel at the altar, if you want to step out of your seat, if you want to raise your hand, if you want to stand up, if you want to remain seated, if you want to come and just prostrate yourself before God and say, God, become real in my life right now right now. I'm not going to wait till tomorrow. I'm not going to wait until this afternoon or this evening. I want you to become real to me right now. And if you knew, if there was a guarantee that he would, how long would you prostrate yourself before him? How long would you wait if you knew that he would show up? He will show up. That's a promise. The promise is not whether he will show up or not. The promise is, will you persevere? Will you hold out? Will you wait long enough for him to actually invade your space?